Coming up on this episode, we test the hosts on their knowledge of a younger generation and read some articles off of Wikipedia. Then we get into the week's tech news, including the end of Google Stadia and what's new in Amazon hardware. Stick around, it all starts for you right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 349, recorded October 3rd, 2022. The official podcast of Generation Z. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and of course, you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by a man with the world's loudest keyboard. Please welcome Dan Miller. Hello, Dan. Ah, ah. Oh, my God. I'll fix that in post. Listen, in post, in, in the recording, you're hearing it very low. I, I turned it down so it wouldn't blow out your speakers. <laughs> it's least I How's it going, what? Sean? Oh, Dan, it is. It is going. We're now in October. That's true. We are now it. in October. Oh, my God. You enjoyed the, uh, the Christmas uh, decorations up at your local drugstore and everything? I haven't even gotten through hollow. I haven't even pulled out my fall decorations yet. I'm so far behind. Yeah. Well, it's weird here. We're having, I don't know if this happens every year. We're having second summer right now. We had about a week of fall and now we're back into 75 to 80 degree territory every day. So it does not feel like fall here. The leaves somehow are still falling off the tree. No, foliage is starting. We got those 60-degree day, 40-degree nights. It's prime fall here in New England. I miss it. I like a nice 65. 65 to 70, that's perfect, man. It's it's light jacket weather. Yes. And here's the thing. I don't know if this is true in Massachusetts, but in New York City, uh, light jacket weather lasted for about one to three weeks on you know, spring and and fall. You you went from ninety five, and then you had a one to three week like ramp down to fifty five, and it's like, well, fifty five. It's not quite like jacket weather anymore, and and similarly in the spring, it's like, oh, it's it's April, it's it's April May, like late April, early May. Wow, let's bring out those light jackets, and then Memorial Day hits, and bam, eighty five degrees. It's like, yeah, I, I'm very concerned this year. They're already predicting this weekend lows below 32 degrees. So I'm I'm worried it was really short this year, and actually it's over. Like we may have already <laughs> yeah. gone past it, is my fear, because I was enjoying it. Yeah. <sighs> what? Well, else? I was going to. I, well, I was going to mention, listen, I have to do this stupid bit at the beginning of every month. I'm sorry. Uh, October is uh, National Bullying Prevention Month. Okay. It's also National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Related. Very relevant. Uh, let's see what else. It's National Dental Hygiene Month. I had my um, first dentist appointment in like six years in November. Really? So that'll be exciting. Oh yeah. no! What 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 made you finally uh, finally get on board? Uh, just like I've been putting off a bunch of things over COVID. And then a couple of months ago, I was like, okay, I'm going to stop putting all of this off because either COVID is as good as it's going to be, or it's never going to get any better. And so I might as well just go to the doctors now. Uh, you know, the prevent, what's the phrase, the cure is worse than the sickness or something like that. Um, so I booked everything. And the dentist was the most booked out place. It yeah. was like, all right, we'll see you in six months. It's like, what? That yeah, especially you see a good one. Yeah, shouldn't more doc people be going to like their primary care physician and then the dentist? I I don't know. No, strange. I once went seven years without seeing a dentist, and then I've been good ever since. But you know, it's it's hard. You gotta find the right person. It's a very personal experience when they're all up in your mouth. What else? What other? Any other fun? Uh, October well, it's National things? Pizza Month. There we go. Pretty cool. I live across the street from a pizza place, which is not bad. It is definitely better than San Francisco pizza. Uh, but I've finally got to experience the downside of living next to a plate, a food place that I always imagined, which was smelling the food all the time. Mm. It is a it is a bummer. 
Uh, not so much and in it's, the winter. It's a pizza the place. You said that's pizza the place. smell. Yeah. And it's especially fragrance. You know, pizza. I, I don't know what it is about pizza that makes it so fragrant. Like the oven or or something. Yeah, it's it's got to be the venting from the oven. Those cooking smells being vented out. Yeah. Hmm. So I imagine I will avail myself of that place at some point during National Pizza Month. <laughs> well, it's so convenient. Yeah. Um. Then let me let me come up with one last one here. Uh, most of these are boring. Boring. What's boring. a boring random one? Well, you know, like uh, fire prevention week, October 9th through the 15th. Now, here's now here's a question. I've got a thing on that. So do you remember this rule? I mentioned it to someone that we went to school with a couple of weeks ago and they didn't remember a rule at school that said that you needed any furniture that you put in your dorm room needed to be California fire code compliant, despite the fact that we went to school in New York. Yes and no. No, I don't remember anyone specifically telling me that. Yes, that makes sense because California tends to set standards for the nation, like in car emissions and in other things. Uh, that's why all our food stuff has California Prop 45 warnings about carcinogens. Uh, so it makes sense in this case, but no, I don't. I don't remember anyone specifically saying that. We we were told to uh, get rid of our beanbag, our giant beanbag chair, for that reason. I, maybe you never saw the beanbag chair. You've probably seen similar ones. It was it was truly massive. They seem and flammable. Probably. Uh, but they're like, yeah, like you can't have this. And it's like, well, where else is it going to go? It's here now. I'm not going to drive it, you know, to Connecticut and back. And so we just we were like, well, if you want to take it, you can have it. And then it, the RA never took it. And so it just remained there. But it was apparently not California Fire Code compliant. I had no idea. Huh. Well, there you go. Should be a great October. Great October. Speaking of great Octobers. uh, Yes. Do we have our our first great episode of Don't Panic and our first great tech story that we're going to talk about? You're all... Dan, we're seven minutes in and you want to get to the tech news? Oh, sorry. Is there something else we need to do? That's a record. That's what... (laughs) No, oh my God. I'm just shocked. I'm flabbergasted. We go like 20, 30 minutes before going to the news. We're seven (laughs) minutes in. I didn't do anything exciting over the the last two weeks. No, that's okay. Well, you're in luck. Okay. I prepared a quiz slash challenge for tonight. Oh. So I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah. Okay, it's good. And the, it's definitely good. It's content, so there's that. So uh, I don't know if you know of Morning Consult. They're a big um, surveying company. They do like uh, political polls, and they do all kinds of surveying and stuff like that. That's all they do. No. And I read an article today. They recently did a survey of Gen Z adults, which if you're not familiar with Gen Z, that's 18 to 25 years old, um, sort of the generation uh, after us. And they looked at Gen Z's favorite brands, their most popular brands. And they determined that by the share of Gen Z adults who have either a somewhat or very favorable opinion of each brand. I'll give away uh, the most favored brand was YouTube with an 86% favorability, number two, Google, number three, Netflix. So I created a quiz where I'm going to give you, I have, how many do I have written here? I have eight brands written here, half of which are, well, I shouldn't say how many, but a number (laughs) of which are in the top 20 and a number of which I made up. I mean, they're real brands, but they're oh, not okay. in the top 20. <laughs> so all you have to do, I'm going to give you the brand, and you just have to tell me if it's a top 20 favored brand by Gen Z. Okay, I'm going to write them down and mute myself so that I don't hear my keyboard. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to give them one at a time. You're not going to get the whole list. Just one at a time. So shouldn't be too bad. Um, in no particular order, we're going to start with Spotify. Uh, I'm going to say no, because they just use YouTube for it. That and on that note, that's the correct answer. That's right. It is not. And Colby's here just on time. Hello, Colby. Ding, ding, ding. You're here just in time for the trivia challenge, my man. Hell yeah. 
This is what I come for. This is your Dan, Dan got the first one right. Do you want to do you want to be looped in here on what we're doing? Yes, please. So uh, Gen Z, which is 18 to 25 year olds, they recently pulled them to find their most favorite brands. Oh, and so I am going to name a bunch of them. Some are in the top 20 and some I made up and are not in the top 20. I mean, the real brands are just not in the top 20. The first one was Spotify. Dan said it wasn't in the top 20. He was correct. Hmm. Nice. Okay. So let's go to the next one here. Apple. I'm going to say it is in the top 20 because they all have smartphones. I think so, too. Very good. That was an easy one. But that ranks number 20 out of wow. the 20 uh, with a 76 percent. Is favorability this like technology rate. brands or, you know, it would Kellogg's all brands on planet Earth. OK, all brands. And you'll figure that out in some of these next examples. That's a lot uh, let's do Walmart. Yeah, I would say no. Okay, both of you guys say no. Walmart is the number six most favored brand, 80% favorability. Wow. wow. The kids love Walmart. I guess I just haven't. Uh, maybe I was projecting a little. Like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know the last time I went to a Walmart. There's no Walmart. Walmart doesn't serve my uh, my geography, I guess. <laughs> Your your millennial needs. Well, I will say we Target is recommended at number seven. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're too no, old. But I, but I mean, there's a tar- there's a Target in my neighborhood. There's not a Walmart in like any town. Well, how, how about this one? How about this next brand? The NFL. Hmm. Man, I wish this I knew hard for me. I don't know anything about the NFL. <laughs> well, it's the I'm brand. Gonna, I'm going to say you know, no football. again. Yeah. I'm going to say like... yes because it's it is like a, a representative population of all Gen Zers across the United States. I'm guessing. Yes. Not like yeah. So I'll say yes, but I don't know. I could go either you way. You both say one. yes. It no, did Colby rank in the top, no, but. Colby says no. Well, Colby's going to get the point on this one. It was in the top 10 for men alone, but when you look across all Gen Z, no, it was not in the top 20. So Colby is a point up. Uh, next on the list here is Oreo. Ooh. The cookie brand. Mmm. Oreo. I think gonna- Yes. Yeah, I think yes. There's nothing offensive about Oreos. It's not very divisive, like along gender lines or political boundaries or anything. And I have well, to imagine that of all the fast cookies, of all like the mass produced cookies, it's the best one and the most widely available. Well, that's that's what I was going to say, based almost exclusively on our our up for debate taste test. Oreos are good <laughs> as hell. Mm-hmm. They are, and Gen Z agrees, number 10 with a uh, 78.5% favorability rating. So very good. You get points on that one. Uh, how about Disney? Is Disney like a brand that people would think that are, is like exposed to people these days? Like Pixar is, but what was the last... You know, and Marvel is, and I guess they put the little mm-hmm. Disney card up on those movies. Well, they have the theme parks. They have the th- right. Do they put the Disney card up on the Marvel movies? No, no. I think it's just the Marvel comic thing. I'm going to say no Wars. because I don't. It's not like they have like a Beauty and the Beast, Lion King thing out there anymore. At least not as far as I'm aware. I'm going to say yes, just to be contrarian. <laughs> Okay, very good uh, rationale there, but it's not going to work for you. Dan gets the point. Disney's not on the list, but Dan, you're going to get I should give you a bonus point because Pixar is number 18 on the list. So you, your theory was absolutely correct. Damn. Absolutely correct. And we're, we're back tied. Uh, Does this how mean, about this? Do I get yeah? to call myself Gen Z if I do well in this test? Whoever wins <laughs> gets to call themselves the official voice of Gen Z. So we're high stakes here. 
This is high stakes. Well, whoever wins is the don't panic Gen Z correspondent. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Speaking for Gen Z, <laughs> oh no, oh no, we're so old. Uh, two more left. How about TikTok? Yes. You both say yes. No, it is not. Actually, it didn't even make it to the top 50 in the report. Um, again, they, they use it. They just don't like it. Fair they enough. feel bad, but they can't stop using it. <laughs> wow. Yep. All right. Interesting Our that final they don't feel that here. way about YouTube then. Yes, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because YouTube uh, is becoming right. more and more like TikTok. In the yes, way that YouTube I seems agree. to want you to consume it. But maybe just because it's been around longer? I don't know. Yeah. More nostalgic feelings from when they were 16? I don't know. All right, final one. This is for whoever gets this right. It's for all the marbles. Dollar Tree. I'm, I'm going to say yes because... I don't know. What's wrong with Dollar Tree? Nothing wrong with Dollar Tree. <laughs> I'm going to say no because I don't know either. <laughs> well, Colby, big mistake letting Dan go first. He's right. Dollar Tree was number 14. <laughs> it has a better favorability than Apple and Pixar. Yeah. The Dollar Tree dollar store. All right. Dan knows his Gen Z. Well done, sir. Congratulations, Dan. Uh, other brands in the top 20, we did not mention Amazon. M&M's is number five, which is wild mm. to me. Doritos is number eight. Kit Kat is nine. Gatorade is 11. Nike, 12. Cheetos, 13. Sprite, 15. Pringles, 16. Capri Sun, 17. Skittles, 19. Now, so this is an interesting wow. semantic question, Capri then. Sun. What, 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 a. Uh... What makes up a brand like Kellogg's in my mind is a brand, but it seems like by this survey, Raisin Bran would be a brand. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. I, I think it's that difference between what's like the brand that sits on the shelf. Like you don't see Kellogg's is sitting on the shelf. You'd see Raisin Bran. So I don't know that this is a very... If you want to download the full report, they like charge you. So I can because only see. The <laughs> I note that the top is like mostly consists of things you can eat, mm -hmm. <laughs> which uh, those things are very simple and mostly inoffensive. Like there are very few things you can eat that are mass produced and widely available where people are like, you know, very split on it. There's no like, uh, what's a good example of a food that people are very split on? Licorice? Yeah. So not yeah. really a brand. But yeah, like a black licorice. Twizzlers maybe wouldn't make the top list, but. Well, I will say they, they have another stat in here I think is interesting, which is uh, they compared the Gen Z score to U.S. adults overall and listed the brands that had the biggest difference in favorability mm. so that Gen Z more preferred top five were TikTok, Discord, Snapchat, Instagram, and Cash App. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yes. Yep. And if you if you look at the rest of the list, it's pretty much all tech companies with a few. Um, Capri Sun is in here. Vans Shoes is in here, um, but it's mostly tech. Capri Sun. Capri Sun. People still feeling good about the the pouch. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's not particularly I mean, good but i guess it's not inoffensive i mean can pe can people who are 18 to 25 be nostalgic for things that we as millennials are nostalgic about i don't know if i mean counts. that's the the goal of all these marketing departments right that's true right you want your you simultaneously it seems to me you want your product to simultaneously always feel new to some people but also simultaneously feel like the thing you've always known to other people Oh, That's do you know that Capri good. Sun's from Germany? No. What? Das Capri Sun. And it's 
I, I had no idea. What, is, what does Capri Sun mean in German? Well, it, it, Capri, uh, well, actually, it is named after the Italian island of Capri. Ah. Oh. Even more bizarre. Wow. I thought it was just, like, meaningless. In my mind, it was a made-up word, like haagen Nope. It's crazy. Fortunately, it's that must be where the uh, the women's uh, pants capris came from, too, then. Well, let me read more about the Italian island of Capri. (laughs) Yes. Don't panic. Just becomes reading Wikipedia, the podcast. (laughs) Hey, excuse me. That's what up for debate does. That's (laughs) don't get off our turf. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Congratulations. You sort of passed the Gen Z brand quiz. Well done. Well done. Anything uh, anything going on with you, Colby, now that you've uh, hopped in, joined the party? Uh, no, I, I got my laptop to connect via Ethernet tonight by restarting Ooh. it, as, as you do. As as ninety percent of techno- technology problems go, um, so I should be coming to you in you know, full fidelity. Also, yeah, too bad. Something I'm mad about: Comcast has been terrible recently. And then in the mail, the the snail mail, I got a flyer from Verizon that said like available now in your area, uh, at home. You know, whatever, like over over the five G, like at home internet. Mm. And I went and I looked at the map. I was like, "Well, we're in the like ultra wideband uh, like coverage area. I'm gonna give this a try. It's like thirty dollars a month or something." And so I go, I go to the Verizon website. I <laughs> I put in, I go to the website that was on the flyer that they mailed to me. I put in my address and everything. And it's like, okay, we'll let you know when it's available. Like, <laughs> like what the hell? That's yeah. not what I wanted. I was I trying got to those, give you money. I got those letters all the time when I lived in New York, and I determined that they mean it's possible that the people receiving this flyer could have the service that we're describing here. Like, we're sending it to this entire zip code, eh, yes. you know, 60, 70% of which might be covered. Yeah. Right. So sorry. The beauty of direct mail advertising, you only have to hit 1% uh, to make your money back. So, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, so I'm still waiting for my email. Oops. <laughs> I'm waiting for my email from Verizon to confirm. That's available. Have you looked at uh, T-Mobile's? No. I I got a, an email from them about it. I do have T-Mobile's cell phone. Maybe it's worth a try. But I yeah. feel like does T-Mobile have the like super fast one? Well, they have they don't have the ultra wide band. They got the regular, but they say they get decent speeds. I'm not sure. Yeah, I just don't know if it'd be decent enough. I mean, what kind of speed are you getting now on on the on the Comcast? Oh, it's it's fine when it works. I'm getting like I get like 800 or something down when it works. Oh. And, and, you know, the requisite like 10 up max ever. Uh, it's just been very like flaky, flip flaky lately. My 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 router sends me a notification every time it disconnects, so I know. I know. Yeah, according to T-Mobile's website, they see typical download speeds between thirty-three and one hundred and eighty-two megabits, which, by the way, is a huge range. Um, <laughs> it really is. And yeah. they say uploads between six and twenty-three. Verizon one was like with ultra wideband was like 300 to something, mm-hmm. which is like more comparable to my, my current internet that that cost me $120 a month. Now that they raised my bill. Oh, is month. that internet only? Yes. Oh, buddy, right? buddy. That's wild. What am I going to do? Switch to the other internet provider. 
Yeah, I know. I know. They got you. They got you by the cojones. Yeah. Not great. I just bad. I just saw my uh, my cable bill. I just paid all my bills and my cable bill went up five dollars from last month to this month. And I just didn't have it in my heart to like look at the statement and see what stupid new fee they're charging me. Like, I, I'm just going to let him get away with it. I, I can't anymore. I just can't. How much is a cable bill like with TV? Yeah. So I have. I have like two or three hundred megabits plus a decent cable package and I'm paying one hundred ninety five dollars. But I did, I was going to switch us onto like YouTube TV or something, but that's, you know, again, you know how much the internet costs. If I take the cable out, it's kind of a break even. So yeah. wasn't, I could have saved like maybe $20 a month, but then lost some of the nice convenience of cable. Have you ever noticed, do you have Comcast or something else? Comcast, yeah. Have you ever tried to look at the pricing pages on, on the Comcast website? when you're connected to the Comcast, like when you're, it's wild. <laughs> you can't, can't see the prices. There's no, well, prices. did I, did I tell you when I went into the Comcast store, have you ever been to like an Xfinity store? Uh, no, actually, recently, I don't think so. They're surprisingly nice. Like I was kind of a little bit impressed. So I had a, my cable box was malfunctioning and the people were like, just take it to the store and they'll literally just hand you a new one and you can walk out with it. Okay. So I go, the lady was incredibly nice and well-informed and actually helpful. And they did not only did they swap on my box, she goes, all right. And let's, uh, if you have a minute, let's just do a quick review of your bill. And she, she types it. Oh, I see here, uh, in two months, your promotional rate runs out. It's going to go up to X amount of dollars. Let me see what I can do. Well, it looks here. If we, and she was like explaining options to me to lower my bill. I was like, what alternate universe am I in? Um, of course they also wanted me to sign like a two year commitment and I'm like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. But she genuinely tried and was like, well, let me see what else. Oh, well, do you need this or can we, what about this? And it was, it was, it was a genuinely good experience, which was shocking for Comcast. That's wild. Now the cable box they gave me didn't work. So I had to go back and make another trip. But other than that, it was flawless. (laughs) Was the second the second time just as good or? Honestly, actually, yes, they were. They were like, yeah, no problem. Of course, they have like literally, I kid you not, like a giant bin of like prepped cable boxes. They just hand out like candy. Like, oh, yeah, here, just take another one. Like, okay, sure, buddy. That's fine. Um, I drive all the way back home. So. It was good. It was good. Well, listen, Colby, I got to tell you, you, you missed what may be a record. Seven minutes in, Dan was ready to talk about the tech news. Seven minutes? I'm sorry I interrupted it. Yeah. No, well, I made him do the quiz because I thought we weren't ready yet. Like, literally, I was still prepping, like, you know, the back end to get ready for the, the big news. Right. And now it's 20 um, minutes later. Minutes. <laughs> yeah, now we're 27 <laughs> minutes in. And now we can talk about the tech news. Uh, guys, uh, we got a little bit of a mini rundown here. Anything in there? you wish to discuss we've got amazon's uh, hardware announcement we've got google stadia shutting down uh some other fun stories anything in particular uh i think the stadia one's the the big one let's do it we've certainly talked about it here on the show before google stadia google's cloud gaming service uh you pay one price and you play games on all sorts of devices without needing the power to do so well, it's been around since uh, uh, 2019, so it's only a couple of years old. Uh, they just announced it will be coming to an end January 18th, 2023. Uh, it will be shutting down. Uh, so on, on the tech Twitter, there's lots of consternation about this, mostly because uh, I don't know. I don't know why, right? Because like, Google products get shut down all the time, and that's annoying. Uh, but I think <clears throat> people on tech Twitter are anxious because they're like, oh, this is going to happen to Google Cloud someday. And I think people are right that there probably is someone at Google who has a spreadsheet who's like, look how much money we could save if we just shut down Google Cloud. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sure it's just costing them money mm-hmm. uh, overall. 
but they haven't done that yet. So, but the the point stands that it does feel risky to uh, depend on Google things. But the thing I found most interesting about people talking about it online was all the theories about why this is the case. Why does Google shut things down so much? And a plausible explanation I heard is like the whole way everyone at Google is constantly fiending to get promoted. And the only way to get promoted is to show impact. And the easiest way to show impact is to launch something new. Uh, and then like the second easiest way to show impact is to save a shitload of money is just to shut something down. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just this like constant churn of like new things. And then someone coming in like, here's a spreadsheet. Look how much money we could save. If we just didn't do this. <laughs> and then, and then down it goes. Yeah, it, it's, that's a fascinating theory. It, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, what's what's interesting to me is that this is a time when everybody else is plowing into cloud gaming, uh, Xbox, Nvidia, PlayStation, Amazon. Uh, companies are getting into hardware, Steam Deck, Logitech has a handheld. Uh, Netflix is getting into gaming, which is wild. Um, it's interesting yeah. to me. Is it a lack of consumer interest issue or like you said is this a google issue is is this uh it wasn't marketed enough or there weren't enough resources on it or what you know did, did google bungle it or was the market just not interested yeah it it strikes me that the other people who have been doing this for longer or have gotten into it recently it's not a <clears throat> you know you pay your x dollars a month and you get access to only this it's the bundle style thing where it's part of the another this overall gaming package that PlayStation or Xbox is going to offer you. I guess mm -hmm. NVIDIA is the exception. NVIDIA, the only thing they'll sell you on a monthly subscription is their their cloud gaming thing. Uh, but they've also been in it the longest, I think. Um, yeah. So maybe it makes more sense for them. They also can buy the video cards at cost. So uh, maybe that saves them some money. Well, it's just one of those things where it's like, and we've seen this happen over and over and over again, a technology where, and I continue to believe that there is no middle ground in the gaming market, either your iPhone casual gamer or your Xbox or PlayStation gamer. And I get that there is like the sort of steam deck kind of like streaming at the high end. But I think where stadia was, and some other failed services have been, I mean, PlayStation sort of shut theirs down. I can, they pivoted a bit is I just don't think that medium of a guy like me who like, I may want to play a couple games. So I'll go on the browser instead of buying an Xbox. I don't know if that market actually exists. Nobody's convinced me of that. I think the, the only exception to what you just said is Nintendo. Like, I yes. think a lot of people, mostly younger people like, like kids, their only, at least, you know, 10 years ago, their only console was a 3DS. And I think the same is true of the Switch now. And and then you get other people who buy a Switch because they want Animal Crossing or, or Wii Fit or whatever. But otherwise, yeah. But that's, but again, I think people don't want to play high-end games on their phone. I think they want dedicated devices. You know, I, I think I think if there was a really good streaming app on your iPhone and you could hook a Bluetooth controller up to it, I don't know if that's what people want. I also think high end games are just kind of hard. Like it's a thing you have to know how to do. Mm -hmm. It's like not fun until you know how to do it. And like once you know how to do it, you can mostly play all the games. But like if you don't if you know, like it's a thing. I don't know. I learned to do in like high school and college. Right. When I had a bunch of free time, but if I had <laughs> a lot of if, practice, right, right. A, a modest amount of practice. But and like, obviously, like I'm not even that good at games like people who like learned when they were actual children are, are genuinely good at games. Um, But like, you know, if if I it, not having had that experience, it would be like. Probably prohibitive to like to go into it like Laura, Laura, she likes to play Mario Kart once in a while, but it like hurts her hands. Like she can't, she like can't do it for a long time. And that's certainly like Mario Kart is way more approachable than 
like like Dan, you guys were saying, like the Mario Kart is the the middle ground where it's like it looks kind of nice and it's action packed, but like it's a uh, there's a I feel like the the learning curve is not so steep. There's only like two buttons that you have to use, you know, instead yeah. of like twelve. Well, I think the inverse of that is then a guy like you who does have experience and plays like $60 AAA titles is you have a 4K TV and you have a setup and you want ray tracing and upscaling and you wanted you're willing to put down the money for a dedicated device. And, you know, you're not the guy who buys the (laughs) Samsung TV, gets a Bluetooth controller and says, I'm gonna play video games like you're not that guy. So it's true. Though I am playing video games on a 10-year-old TV and a 10-year-old. <laughs> but listen, Plasma. That's all you got to say. Plasma. It is fancy. Plasma. People are going back to Plasma. I was reading an article uh, the other day where, where Plasma is like people who have old Plasmas. They're coming back. I honestly, I um, I got uh, like an updated, like I went to the eye doctor and got new glasses and I was like, I was playing playing a game this weekend. I put on my glasses. I was like, damn, this TV looks good. <laughs> <laughs> More problem with your lenses right. than that. Yeah. Like any any like anxious feelings about needing to feeling like I should upgrade my TV like disappeared immediately. It looks fine. It's great. It's still cranking. That's awesome. Well, I was reading. Did you guys? I'm assuming you watched the new House of the Dragon episode from uh, last night. I you haven't seen it yet. I haven't been. Uh, I haven't cycled back to HBO yet. Uh, well, I won't. It's not a spoiler, but apparently there's a set of scenes in the show where it, it's so dark you can't see anything. It was going. There were like screenshots going around online today. But they say on plasma it looks better. There were people who were like, the, the, you can you may be able to see some shapes." <laughs> If you have a plasma TV, I said, oh, Colby's going to be just fine. Heck yeah. Um, so Google Stadia is no more. They will be issuing some refunds and it'll be shutting down January. Don't worry. See, this is why I this is why gaming on Netflix just doesn't make any sense to me, because I just don't understand the crossover in those audiences. I really don't. Well, d- isn't it the case that the games that are coming out on Netflix are these more like story driven, less like reflex skill based and more like um, like I haven't really played these games, but like mystery games and like click around games. Yes and no. So some are, but they have in. Uh, so I actually Googled what games they currently have into the dead Two unleashed. It's just a zombie shooter. Um they do have some but then they have like bowling and shooting hoops and they've got exploding kittens and so it is a but it, you're right it is more casual for for sure it's more ios style games than it is xbox style games so maybe that'll make the difference and how do you play them because if we just uh, speaking of rotating streaming subscriptions we were back on netflix for great british bake-off so i guess i, mean, I could try this Quite honestly, this is it's literally like Apple Arcade It's basically you're getting exclusive mobile games. Is it a separate app? Um, I how to find and install Netflix games, uh, iPhone. Okay, so it's within the Netflix app. You go to the Netflix games, you tap get game. Oh, so you do download it. Ah, okay, so you download it from the App Store. Then when you open it, after it's installed, and then you sign in using your Netflix account, and that's how you authorize it. So it is avail- they're, they're available in the iOS store. That's crazy. Doesn't that seem like the wrong way to distribute them? Well, what other? but Apple wouldn't let you do it any other way. You can't have an app store within your own app. But it's not an app store, right? It's just you can't buy anything. Um, that's true. It is subscription-based. But I don't. I still think that goes afoul. Of I know iOS that was rules. illegal at one point, but I th- I thought that you could do that now. Like I thought you could have a, a gaming streaming app, for instance. But they have to live on the server side. Mm. That's why I I don't think you can download the games locally and run them locally on your machine. I think. Um. So that's why you have to do it through the iOS store. But yeah, you're basically just getting a bunch of free games. It's very Apple Arcade. Huh. Twenty five at this point. Oh, I haven't used the Netflix app in a long time. So now it has home. 
Makes sense. New and hot and fast mm. laughs. Oh, okay. I could use some fast laughs. Oh, and laughs. it warns me that some clips may not be suitable for everyone. Uh-oh. Oh, Uh-oh. I'm everyone. Oh, wow. This is uh, this is TikTok inside of Netflix. <laughs> well, Does anyone else have this? Have I been A-B tested? You, I, I, again, I don't know the last time I used Netflix on mobile, so I might not be the guy to ask. Okay, all right. Um, but that's oh, a good point. Anyway, now, now there's like a, a whole news feed. Of oh my like, god, the new shows. Yeah, wow. Look at that. I'd love to know what uh, recommend. I've, <laughs> I've used Netflix so little on my phone it was offloaded. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, one of us will have to take the Netflix Games Challenge. Try it out. Oh, interesting. Okay. It does give me an ad in the Netflix app for Netflix games. What happens if I'm like, hell yeah, I want to play SpongeBob Get Cooking. Sounds Get fun. game. Yes. Give it to me. Uh, go to App Store. Man, this user experience. Yeah, so it's. I guess they. I guess in an Apple app, you can link to the Apple App Store, so so that's not a problem. Hmm. Very cool. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we? Uh, well, Dan's figuring out how to play games in the Netflix app. Why don't we pivot over to another news story? Anything else in here you guys uh, feel like chatting about? What a Kindle you can write on? Oh boy! Oh, now, now we've got Colby's attention. The first change to a Kindle in like thirteen years. Absolutely, we got the Kindle scribes. This was part of Amazon's fall hardware announcement. They announced a bunch of stuff. A lot of it incremental updates. One of the new ones, the Kindle Scribe. Um, yes, finally a new uh, Kindle, ten point two inch e ink screen with a stylus uh, that allows you to write on it. Uh, they say it's the first 300 PPI front lit display that has an adjustable warm light. Um, let's see. You can buy it with one of two stylus options, a basic pen or a premium pen for $30 more. That also includes a customizable shortcut button and an eraser sensor on the top. Um, it's got new note taking abilities built right in. So you can tap on a passage in a book and scribble a note. Um, they're stored with your Kindle collection. Um, there are, uh, it also supports PDF markup and can display saved web pages and other file formats. Amazon even partnered with Microsoft to uh, put a button into Word that'll let you export a document right to your Kindle. Um, it will, uh, I'm just trying to think what else. It's got 12 weeks of uh, battery life uh, based on half an hour of reading a day, but just three weeks based on half an hour of writing each day. Um and then it will be available for $339.99. Looks like a cool device. I'm impressed. The software doesn't impress me. Because it sounds like it's really just for like noting on things that already exist rather than just like free handwriting. And it doesn't really say where your notes are synced to. Right. Oh, they become like Kindle highlights, I think it said. So you couldn't just use this to like take notes in a meeting or something like they like it really is no. designed to write on documents. Yes. So I downloaded the SpongeBob Get Cooking app. <laughs> okay. And I opened it up and it was like it looked exactly like the Netflix app. It was like, are you Daniel, Lena or, you know, kids profile or whatever? <laughs> So I didn't know you could do that. Like, I didn't know that you could be signed in. You could sign in on one app and persist that in any way to any other app. But it does say yes, in the app can. store that it's like published by Netflix. So maybe if you're like the same developer account or something, I have no Google's idea. apps do that. If you sign in with one Google app, it'll automatically sign you into the others. Yeah. Oh, OK. Interesting. So, yeah, there must be some facility for that. So it's not as bad as I thought. Now, how many Krabby Patties did you cook? I didn't cook any. As soon as it started up, I was like, nope, I uh, I, I want no part of this. Don't get distracted. Yeah. We're doing important work here. 
Um, yeah. So I again, I think Colby, you have the uh, remarkable. I think that's probably a better option. What does a remarkable cost these days? Two seventy nine. That was all. Damn. Yeah, that's what the website's. Oh, refurbished. New is two ninety nine, which is still cheaper. Yeah. So. Probably a better choice. Um, let's see. What else did they announce? Uh, I'm going to skip updated stuff. Uh, let's go to a sleep tracking bedside light. Halo Rise. Um, it uh, tracks your sleep and wakes you up in the morning using lights and a small alarm speaker. Um, it doesn't have any cameras or microphones, but tracks your movements and your breathing patterns using ultrasound sensors. Um it also has a built-in environmental sensors to gather data on things like ambient light level, humidity, and temperature. In the morning, it'll give you a report on how well you slept, and it will also take where you are in your sleep cycle into account when deciding when to wake you up. Um, it does integrate with Alexa. You'll be able to ask it questions and things like that. Um, and uh, it is $139.99. It will be available later this year. How does the sleep tracking orb trap track your sleep? So um, it's not new, new technology, but it uses ultrasound waves that if I we talked about this on the show like a year or two ago, where if I understand it's kind of like sonar where it like pings across, you know, shoots out pings across the room constantly uh-huh. and by doing that it can get a sense of the room and if you're moving like in your sleeping or in your breathing um wow a- apparently this is google uh was working on the same technology as well hmm. ultrasonic motion detection um <laughs> is one thing that they use for some alexa features um some routines knowing if the room is occupied or not Oh, wow. Wait a second. We're, I don't know why my neurons just kicked at all these things. We're not going to talk about uh, Elon Musk crazy robot. I, oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> God. You know, I try to avoid those stories. You, you mean so uh, how long ago was the Asimo robot invented? I mean, 2003, 2000, 2000. Okay. 22 years ago, and Elon Musk displayed a worse version of that. <laughs> so, no, I'm not impressed. No, yeah, I'm not impressed either. But it did get me again, because, like, the, one of the things they talked about, which I think is a good idea, is, like, oh, what if you could have a robot that doesn't cost that much money that can do things? It's like, yes, great. Okay, sounds good. But, of course, the problem is, like, it's very difficult to make a robot that walks around on two legs that doesn't that doesn't cost a lot of money because that's really really hard but most robots don't need two legs and i came back to my shower cleaning robot <sighs> god we don't cl- oh, man we need to get one of these robotics entrepreneurs wasn't doesn't the yeah we need to get one of these people doesn't the segway guy live in boston colby do you run into this guy at all um <laughs> i mean maybe if i do maybe. i don't i don't realize it yeah Anyways, shower cleaning robot. People need to clean their showers more, myself included. It sucks. It's a pain in the ass. A robot could clean my shower for me. Dan, I do have good news. I For some reason, I don't know why I didn't think to share this on the show. You remember the Snowbot? Yeah, of course, the Snoomba. Uh, the Snoomba, uh, I just put a Kickstarter link in Slack. Uh, someone is making it. It's Excellent. called the Yarbo, which oh. is a very bad name. Um, but it is a robot that has interchangeable parts that will remove snow that will uh mow your lawn and that will blow uh leaves (laughs) uh Um, and it's it's raised 2.6 million dollars on kickstarter wow okay well they have a video of something actually doing this supposedly now, the early bird special, the cheapest you can get, and I'm sure they're... Oh, no, some are still available. You can get your own Yarbo. Uh, does this... Okay, that only comes... Okay, with the snowblower... Just the snowblower attachment, $3,000. Uh, 
you know, <laughs> so it says their goal is $50,000. And if, if that was made up only of orders of these $3,000 things, that would only be 16 of these. And there's no way that is their actual goal, which is God, so stupid. For right around $4,000, you can get all three attachments. I mean, might as well. I mean, I'm percent more. It's got proprietary fusion technology. Fusion? Like fusion reaction? <laughs> no, I think it, I know they call it that because it merges RTK GPS, computer vision, and a myriad of other sensors, including oh, wow. magnetic field and odometer sensors and intelligent algorithms. How crazy. Centimeter grade positioning. How funny would it be if it wasn't the Elon Musk robot that, that Battlestar Galactica is at us, but it's this. Like, someone, <laughs> it's the someone goes, like, creates the most amazing robot just for blowing the leaves off your lawn and, it, like, somehow perfects fusion power while doing it and then accidentally dooms the human race. <laughs> it's got 4G. That's a lot of Gs, but... This thing is wild. Are you sure you couldn't fit one more G in there? <laughs> so apparently uh, it can snow blow snow up to a foot, up to 12 inches. That is wild. Dry snow, wet snow. Can snow, can throw snow six to 40 feet away. Yeah, no brainer. All right. So Dan, you're well, going to get one of these? Well, no, but I, I look forward to my royalty checks from them. <laughs> <laughs> Dan had the Yarbo first. <laughs> yeah, because oh I God, think you can... living here, A, we don't have a driveway or a yard, <laughs> and, and B, even if we did, uh, it it snows like once a year, maybe twice, and it melts in two days, so everyone just waits. And I don't know if people mow their lawns in the wintertime. I'm guessing the grass doesn't grow in the winter. Am I crazy? Yeah. Once if it gets cold enough. Yeah. So I don't. I think uh, sadly I'm out of the market for a snoomba. But no. if I if I could, yeah. Now can it do sidewalks? Can the snoomba do? Can the the snoomba? Yeah. And Dan, they hit their stretch goal. So now you can upgrade and get a a video game controller that you can use to control it around your yard. Like a, like a literal joystick controller. Yeah. <laughs> this is wild. They've been working on this since. So they said they had the idea in 2017. Does that beat us? Listening to a podcast that they found. <laughs> on YouTube. Well, it yeah. says, says snowblower robot snowbot idea. Okay. Suspicious. Well, We'll see them in the oh Delaware State Court. They have more modules in the pipeline, including one with a robot arm, a sweeper, one that can roll out your trash can. These people are crazy. The trash can one. Oh, did I tell you about this? So we we like five percent seriously looked at a house a couple of months ago, and it, there were many problems with it, including like many problems we didn't even realize were problems, which is one of the reasons we went to like, OK, like, let's really get our feet wet here. And it was sort of up on a hill and the driveway went up the hill and the house is on top of the hill. And the real estate agent was like, yeah, you know what? I would probably get an ATV and just drive the trash down to the street every every week. And we we're like, that's insane. Like, no, like it was just walk it down. A, it goes down full, which is much easier and it comes up empty. It's not that big of a deal. But I guess for that type of person, they could really use a robot that would ferry the trash down for them. It's perfect. This looks kind of cool. I sort of want, want one. If this were real, I would, and I had a yard, <laughs> I would totally get one. A lot of ifs. Uh, yeah, assuming it exists. Yeah. That's that's a big one. That's I'll wild. drop a couple hundred dollars on a Kickstarter I find really cool. Sight unseen. Uh, but not thousands of dollars. Yeah, there's a lot of room for uh, again. This is not you don't want to mess with spinning blades. Uh, in an unproven robot. But that's the Yarbo. Check it out.
I think it's about time. Based on the clock, we got to move on. Good discussion, I guess. Maybe I'll make Yarbo my pick. Uh, we got to do picks. Part of the show where each of us brings something we want to share. I see Dan's got one. Is this a, uh, a Netflix game here? No. But actually, the, the uh, SpongeBob game did remind me of it. Nice. Am I Tell going first? more. Yeah. Yes. So this is called Played Up. The elevator pitches. It's hard overcooked. Uh, so if you like Overcooked and you feel like you've mastered it, you should try Plate Up. Now, what makes it harder? Um, one, in addition to cooking the food and cleaning the dishes, you are now also responsible for bussing the food and the tables afterwards. So there's like more jobs to be done. Two, if one each like each person has a timer and if you don't get them your food in time, game over. If someone waits to get into your restaurant for too long, game over. Uh, but the other cool thing is uh, you get to design your restaurants and build on it each day. So you can choose where the stove is and where the counters are and where the, the sink is. And then you can buy additional sinks with the money you made the previous day and build on it. But once it's game over, it's game over. You start all over again from nothing. So it's one of one of those games. Uh, and the the end game situation is uh, eventually it's just humanly impossible to keep up with the volume. So you have to basically automate your restaurant, which you can do. So you can get conveyor belts and you can get like things that grab things out of the oven and put them on the conveyor belts and then lay out the tables such that the items come by and people it's like a sushi restaurant and stuff and then it becomes like a whole different game we haven't really gotten to that point but even without that if you like overcooked and you're seeking a more difficult co-op challenge uh check out played up it's only on steam on windows i think but you can do local co-op and you can the cool thing with steam at least on Windows, I haven't tried this on Mac, but you plug in like a PlayStation 4 or 5 or Switch controller into your computer and start up Steam. It just does everything for you um, and hooks it all up. So it's pretty easy to use controllers with it. That is awesome. I am a grade A sucker for these kind of games. Um, so uh, the, I may actually try this one. Awesome. We could play online, Sean. Oh, my God. Do we have to have a and little Colby, play? Up, actually, uh, we could have a don't panic played up challenge. Tempting. That's not a bad idea. Tempting. <laughs> uh, believe me, that's talking about video games. I'm actually likely to play that. That's a decent shot you got right there. <laughs> cool. Played up. Check it out on the Steam. I'm going to go next. Uh, guys, I bought a new oven slash stove um because my old one was leaking gas um which is a problem apparently um make, makes your house smell bad among other things so uh i need a new stove i bought this ge gas convection range um got it uh, a couple weeks ago and it's been pretty great the the burners are pretty powerful it's got that center uh burner where you can have a grate or a griddle um, the oven is great. It's got air fry built in and it does an amazing job. Highly recommend um, the air fry feature and um, my food. It's one of those things where now I have to like adjust all my cooking because like stuff cooks faster because <laughs> it like actually works. And so even like boiling water happens faster and I like don't have to cook everything on like nine or eight. I can cook them on like a five or four how they're supposed to be cooked. So turns out uh, it makes quite a difference. So I did a lot of research. I think the wire cutter recommended something very similar. So um, GE uh, gas oven, if you need one, not really an applicable pick, uh, pick to most people, but can you read thing. the uh, name of this oven in the voice of Jack Donaghy? <laughs> uh, I cannot do an Alec okay. Baldwin impression. I can't, all right, all right. but it's a good one. It is a good yeah. name. I could just totally imagine this product being a 30 rock joke. But lemon, it's got no pre to air fry. I can't <laughs> even try, but uh, yeah, it's uh, we've invented the next thing after microwave ovens. We call them ovens. 
Exactly. And by the way, I didn't even get any of the ones with the bells and whistles. They do have some pretty crazy stuff on these ovens. These like, what, what's an example? Uh, oh, I knew you were going to ask. Because, <laughs> um, like, all of this is, is, like, totally new to me because living in apartments for the last 10 years, I just get the shittiest oven that they sold at the time that they built the apartment sometime in the last 30 to 10 years. Uh, so they, they do have them with built in Wi-Fi. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what a smart oven does with Wi-Fi. Um, I actually may have to Google that and find out while we're talking, but, um, smart ranges set up built in Wi-Fi. What does this do? I don't know. Uh, it also has uh, it has software updates that you can download that enable things like new air fry modes. <laughs> oh, man. Whatever that means. Oh, no. Um, that is a strange one. Um, they also, are you familiar with Sabbath mode? No. <laughs> is that a, like a Led Zeppelin thing or like? No, it was, you know, a religious thing. It's one of these things in life where you don't think about it until it confronts you in the face. Basically, it is for uh, Jewish holidays, the Sabbath. Um, There may be certain restrictions on certain activities um, that uh, there are certain things you can and can't do using electronics and things like that. So what happens is you can turn on Sabbath mode. It means cooktop burners can still be operated, but sounds are disabled. Displays will not indicate temperature changes. Timers are disabled. Um, Energy save is disabled. Um, Certain keys are enabled, but all the rest are turned off. It allows you to use it during uh, religious occasions. Wow. There we go. Uh, It forbids Jews from work that creates... Uh, observant Jews interpret this to include various activities, including making a fire, preparing food, or even closing a switch or pressing a button. Um, Interesting. We need to get uh, an expert on because how, how could you cook food then? That is very obviously work that creates, or is it only work that is transforming that at that point? I think that's part of it. This feels like because certain holidays you can become. adjust the heat, you just can't use a digital panel to do it. Mm. All right. So I don't know. This goes far beyond, but I it was just in the manual, and I'm like, wow, that's you know what I learned neat. just last week. Did you know that you can calibrate your oven? You probably know this. If it sounds like you read the manual, Sean. <laughs> If you have an oven where you've you've ever put like a thermometer in the oven and it says like the oven says 500 and the thermometer says 380, you can fix that. I had no idea. You can just calibrate your oven and then it'll just like keep the flame on longer in a given 60 second window. Yeah, I they're putting mine has buttons for both roast and speed roast, which <laughs> Why wouldn't you just use speed? Like, who wants a slow roast? Like, I didn't. Well, I feel like it's a waste of a button. A, sl- a slow roast is a different thing. I guess, but it's weird that there are two buttons for that. Yes. So, anyway, go by the GE gas stove. It's got lots of buttons. Um, Colby, what uh, what about your pick? I just like mine's not a very good pick. I just like the the changing the picture background on the iPhone now. I think it's great. I can't believe they didn't do that before. The what end. pictures you got in there? Anything good? No, I just have it on the like the the one where it picks for you. Nice. Yeah, it's right. awesome. Excellent. Good pick. iOS. Uh, what? 16. Get your upgrade today. Yeah, maybe. Check that out. Um, stupid cat. Jesus. No personal space. Um. Guys, I think that is kind of on the verge of rep. Okay, well now he's choking me with the fucking with the cord here, guy. Come on, get, what the hell are you doing? Um, this is how it ends. the The cat has decided that uh, well, his claws are going into my shoulder. Your so tyranny is, is over. What is wrong with you? <laughs> oh my god, he's just a gremlin. Um, Guys, we got to start wrapping it up here. Uh, I will very quickly mention, uh, by the time this episode's published, there'll be a new episode of Up for Debate out 
Uh, this is this was purely my idea. You can tell by the topic. We watched and discussed music videos from movies. So songs that like the Ghostbusters music video, like music videos from music from movies where they use the the movie in the music video. (laughs) I get it. It sounds stupid. It was a lot of fun. Um, And songs you made. Did you know all stars? Smash Mouth's all stars from a movie. What movie? Is it that like superstar movie? I feel like. Uh, well, no, you, you, you got to watch the episode to find out. It's no fun if I spoil it here. I'll tell you after we get off. <laughs> um, but we listen to LL Cool's J song from uh, Deep Blue Sea, which is very funny. Of course, Will Smith, Men in Black, Wild Wild West. Um, we, it's some wild stuff. So it's a great episode. I recommend people check that out over at Up for Debate. Here is Don'tPanic.io, our website. Check that out. The links to all our picks are there in case you want to buy a new oven. Uh, and of course, all the episodes. Of course, you can subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Just look for Don't Panic, the big red button. And you can get a hold of us at Don't Panic Show, uh, Don't Panic Show at gmail.com or at Don't Panic Show on Twitter. We're going to wrap it up here. On behalf of Colby and Dan on Sean, thanks for joining us. We're going to see you next time for another great episode of Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.